Good evening and a very, very, very warm welcome to you wherever you may be. Thank you for joining us here uh, tonight for episode 63 of the of the Football Out West show. It is going to be an absolute classic one tonight. We've got some huge guests. We've got lots to talk about. And without further ado, it's the man of the moment, the man he is um, often, um, often seen um, putting up all sorts of um, social media posts um, particularly now around the uh, Euro 2020 time, Mr. Craig Filer. Craig, how are you? How's things? Good evening. Good evening, listeners. Yeah, I'm well, Tonch. Thank you. Um, are you bleary-eyed like the rest of us, trying to cope with these ungodly hours? But, mate, we wouldn't have it any other way, would we? You no, know, as I said last week, work gets in the way, mate. It's, uh, <laughs> it, it it's, does it's, indeed. It's fantastic. I did make a, uh, a schoolboy error the other night. I did um, set my alarm for one uh, 1.45 to get up to watch um, England-Scotland and then realised that was the Croatia game, so I went back to bed for a few hours. <laughs> well, uh, I'm sure he hasn't had made this mistake. Steve Kern, the third member of our, of our little illustrious trio. Steve, uh, very, very warm welcome to you. How are you and how's things with you coping with the uh, Euro 2020s? Yeah, Got to be honest, full disclosure, I have popped a couple of Advils before the show tonight just to try and get through. The head is pretty damn sore. So hopefully we can just I'll just keep noise to a just a dull roar and we can get through okay. But yeah, what an exciting weekend we've had. And football's back um, is, at, at community grassroots level. Geez, we'll talk a little bit about that later on. Um, but it's great to have the football, Craig. Great to be able to get out and about. And um, oh, Well, if you can't get out and about, I guess it's great to have some of these live streams happening as well. And uh, bottom line is football's back, and let's hope it's here to stay. Yeah, absolutely. It was, uh, it was, it was a cracking day to get out and about yesterday. It was got a bit chilly towards the end. Myself and Steve had the privilege of, uh, of calling one of the games for the MPL2, uh, Northcutt versus North Geelong. Um, and that was a, a, an entertaining second half, shall we say, Steve. Uh, but it got a, a little bit cold towards the uh, uh, the end of the game. But it was uh, it was fantastic to, uh, to see football uh, back on the fields. Now, I guess one thing, guys, and you guys would have been out at the John Kane Memorial Reserve or John Kane Reserve, how it's called. Yeah. Um, the fact that in Melbourne we couldn't have um, crowds this weekend, hopefully that is all going to change next weekend. But um, you had the whole grandstand to yourself. So you had um, you had uh, shelter, you had cover, and I guess you didn't have any uh, uh, pesty little um, uh, spectators oh, sitting there, in front of you. Actually, oh, yeah, um, we did, yeah, we there did was have a few pest. pigeons in there as well. So we Some weren't what having pigeons? a few pigeons got in there. So we didn't have the run of the place, did we? Exactly, Craig. No, but we had, did have a little pest that joined us in the second half of the show as well, just sat behind us, didn't he? <laughs> Yeah, he did. <laughs> big shout out not to sure Armad. <laughs> yeah, big shout out to Armad who who joined us and sat behind and was uh, busy uh, busy trying to chat to us while we were trying to commentate. But uh, yeah, it was great to be back. Now, uh, Craig, we've got some massive. We thought last week's show with Lucy Zelich, how good was that interview? And and um, what a great show that was last week. And we won't mention about the fact that uh, a record was created for the first time in sixty two episodes, but. Uh, um, um, talking about the F-POM. Language warning on that one, guys. Language yeah, warning, correct. It didn't get taken off air. Yeah. <laughs> but, mate, tonight we've got, a, we've, got a, we've got just as big a show. Tell us all about it. Yeah, good one again tonight. We've got a um, fantastic guest. He's a little bit weird, uh, blurry-eyed himself, uh, having taken on a new role at Optus Sports, and he'll talk to us a little bit more about that. But that's uh, uh, Nick Stoll, who's going to come on and talk about his role at Optus Sports, having left uh, SBS with uh, Lucy Zelich. 
Uh, he's going to talk about that and also the uh, the Euros. So that'll be a, a great 20-minute uh, chat. And then hopefully, if technology works for us, we'll be speaking to uh, ex-Socceroo, um, ex I think Heidelberg, Green Gully and South Melbourne player as well in Paul Wade, who's going to join us. He's on a, a bit of an eight-hour road trip, so he's uh, he's looking to join us around about quarter to eight. Big uh, Wadey, that should be excellent. Man who was very inspired, love him or hate him at NSL level when he stepped up to the plate and was the um, Socceroo, the captain of the Socceroos, a very inspirational figure. So we look forward to talking to him. We'll be talking about his career as a Socceroo, the NSL um, past, We'll also be talking about the national, the proposed national second division and indeed the Socceroos at the moment and their World Cup qualifying campaign. Steve, apart from the Euros, have you been keeping an eye on what is happening outside the Euros in the NPL, i.e. the A-League, the uh, Socceroos and the Copa America as well happening at the moment? Oh, yeah, just easy to cover all of those things at the same time, isn't it? And maintain a, a functioning, a functioning yeah, human life. Yeah. It's pretty difficult. Watched a bit of NPL this afternoon, a bit of Heidelberg, Green Gully, and then uh, switched over to the uh, A-League semi-final between Melbourne City and MacArthur that just finished not that long ago. Let's go straight into it. Um, let's talk about the A-League um, semi-final itself. Um, we know last night um, Sydney FC uh, overcame Adelaide United to qualify for their What's that? Their twentieth grand final in a row. Um, yeah. yeah. Tell us about today's game, the Melbourne City v Macarthur FC game. Yeah, well, we got through to uh, nil all at half time. The the two goal nets were living a pretty charmed life without making contact with the ball until the fifty fourth minute when Marco Tilio set up Stefan Kolakowski. And a minute later, it was Kolokoski returning the favour for Tilio. So the two youngsters with a goal and assist each in the space of two minutes. And that meant that uh, Melbourne City got the uh, got the 2-0 win over MacArthur. And they're through to um, a home grand final of some sort that we hope is played at uh, Amy Park next next Saturday night. And they, uh, they played pretty well. They had a bit of issues with uh, Craig Noon was going to return from injury, but he uh, didn't feel so good in the warm-up with his uh, issues, so he, he pulled out and uh, they managed to get the job done without him. Hasn't Craig Noon gone to the Wanderers or something like that or to MacArthur for next year? I think next season, yeah. 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 To, to so, where to? Uh, I'll double, someone will have that in the comments. I'm yeah, sure. I'm sure. I'm sure. I think, it, I think it's MacArthur. I wonder if there's a conspiracy yeah. theory well, there. No, uh, we've got we've got the biggest Melbourne City fan in the comments there, Clint, who was at the uh, Welcome to Thornbury. We're hosting the Melbourne City fans this afternoon. That was live streamed as well, so I'm sure he'll be able to put it in the comments there yeah. for us. Yeah, definitely. Now, Craig, who else have we got on the show tonight? We we, we mentioned um, Captain Socceroo, Paul Wade, but we've got another massive guest as well joining us, haven't we? Did I not mention that? Oh, did he? Oh, my gosh, I've, 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 I've snapped out of it. <laughs> Nick Stoll will be joining us from, well, formerly from the World Game. Um, <laughs> Sorry, you threw me a little bit there. I thought I, must, I thought I was in a time tunnel. Oh, it's, it's, it's all happening. There's so much happening. Good things and bad things. One of the bad things. Thank you, Miles Matrevsky. I was like looking at your comment on the um, a big, this is disaster, absolute disaster for the Melbourne football community. Pasco Vale sports scene or sports football store they've been around steve for about three decades i think 30 odd years i reckon years i think it is the, uh, my oh. very very first indoor soccer top was an inter top don't that tell I me they're closing i drive past their store every time i go to kate's house they're closing 
Oh. If you want to get some good deals, folks, go out there. Mauro Raponi for 38 years there, you know, was a brilliant football business in the days when you could not get football boots and football yeah. kits and shin guards anywhere. They were the place to go. Now you can get them absolutely everywhere. And unfortunately, that's probably one of the reasons why these boutique sports stores are out of business. But uh, Yeah, look, I was reading something on that, and I think it's got a lot to do with, uh, obviously, um, uh, COVID. And the fact that uh, yeah. you know a lot of t a lot of teams were going to him for, uh, going there for kits and uh, football boots and 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 like likewise, but of course that hasn't happened and 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 double that with the situation with uh, with China with deliveries and um, I think it's he just found it a little bit too hard and uh, decided to to call it a day, which is a massive shit. Yeah, um, as as a result, um, yeah, another football institution bites the dust. But uh, speaking of apparel, um, apparel supplies. Our show tonight is sponsored by Macron Victoria, um, um, big uh, uh, Giacomo uh, Caruli um, out at Ligon Street and with um, Macron Victoria. They are our episode sponsors, um, where, as you can see, we're kitted out in all the, um, the Macron, Macron gear. So um, thank you to Giacomo and Joseph out there at Macron Victoria. And also a big shout-out to our major sponsor for 2021, the George Cross Football Club. And either next week or the week late, a week after, we will be having um, a long overdue George Cross themed episode. So we look forward to that. So all of you folk from the George Cross Football Club that are tuning into this um, show on a regular basis, um, keep um, keep tuning in and keep being part of our show. We would really love to hear. With um, there's so much happening. Thankfully, thank goodness for that. And keep us entertained. Keep us informed. Um, I do believe um, the, the Ray Man. He will be um, he will be contributing a little later on because he's got some uh, very very important information about the um, rounds that were missed out due to the um, enforced lockdown. So he will tell us a little bit more about that probably in the comments section a bit later on. But um, Craig, must, must, we must ask him about his um, his uh, red tomato as well, must we, Steve? Yeah. Well, uh, have you ever heard this one, Tonchi? Like before, I've been to you know a few football games in my time i've never heard anyone use the term a red tomato for a red card and it uh came out from the rayman yesterday well i heard you use the the term a slice well, of cheese for yeah. a yellow card yeah. and i must admit i've never heard that either oh, that's so. that's old news slice of cheese but slice of tomato going. this i've never heard slice of cheese and to hear a slice of tomato was, was even <laughs> yeah. odder I, I i knew you australians were weird but that's just something right that in 30 seconds that <laughs> There you go. It sounds like a subway store now, doesn't it? Uh, oh well, I've heard I've heard red ticket. Yes, give him the red ticket. The ref. Yep. Uh, you have to roll the R's when you say that. Um, but yeah, interesting stuff, gentlemen. Let's move on and let's introduce our first guest for tonight, the man who was one half of the um, the World Game um, team, and unfortunately that is now lo no longer around. But uh, he joins us uh, in a, in his new role on Optus Vision. Up to sport, and he'll tell us a bit more about that. Um, and that is a very, very big welcome to Nick Stoll. Nick, good, how are you? Good evening, gentlemen. How are you? We are very, very, very well. good. Craig? Yes, very well, Nick. Thanks for joining us, Matt. I know you've uh, you've had a, a very, very busy uh, uh, couple of weeks, so uh, we really appreciate you giving up your uh, your Sunday evening to uh, to have a chat with us for, for 20 minutes and uh, get a bit of an insight from, from someone in the know, shall we say? 
Yeah, well, I'm super happy to do it. I apologize for the red eyes, as everyone can imagine. It's been a it's been a rough couple of days in terms of trying to keep up with Euros, Copper, A League, you know, Socceroos last week, Matildas. You know, you guys obviously everyone has their own teams that they're playing for and coaching for as well. So it's it's been rough. And uh, thank you to uh, my understanding partner for me being completely absent from our lives at the moment. Yes, I'm sure. <laughs> Todd, do you want to jump in? Well, let's talk about the um, Nick. Let's talk about your um, um, first of all your episode at the World Game. It was it was it, it had really developed a cult following. I'm, I'm sure a lot of the people that are here um, tuning into this show regularly tuned into the World Game, and it was just a fantastic dose of daily football. Basically, um, we had Lucy Zelich on the show last week. By the way, um, very entertaining. Now she's um, notorious because. In the first time in 62 episodes, thanks to Lucy, the F bomb was dropped. So let's please <laughs> yeah, I think, no, I think twice, kids. Yeah, that, that sounds like you had Lucy on. Sounds like you had yeah. Lucy on. We've got a lot of kids that do tune in. Maybe after last week's show, we won't be having it, but uh, let's just make sure that doesn't happen. But mate, you, you had a very, you, you had an awesome on air chemistry. Mm. Um, and it, I guess you could really read between the lines. You two were just absolute devotees of the world game. What was it like? What was it like, you know, the highs and lows of, of not just working with Lucy Zellich, but the whole team there at SBS TV on the World Game Project? Yeah, I mean, I'd just say, like, one of the kind of best things was me and Lucy got on so well off camera as well. And so that's probably why it came through that there was a good chemistry. And I think, you know, that's always super important. But the reason we got on so well was because we loved football so much and we both loved football all our lives. And, um, you know, it was it was really nice uh, to do the show with her and everyone tuning in. I can see in the comments, Santino Mamone, one of our great fans. Oh, Alex Simakovsky, yeah. another one. We, we, we had so many uh, people tuning in. We really did appreciate it and it was such a fun show to do we got to talk to so many really cool people and it was a nice combination of, of you know interviewing people like james johnson people right up the top of the game you know great ex-players you know coaches you know current a-league players w-league players matildas and then also bringing in the people's comments as well mm -hmm. you know that was kind of a really nice balance to get both sides and i really really enjoyed it and you know who knows we might uh try and do something maybe in the future but that's that's for maybe later on but um yeah it was i had a really great time at sbs i did work experience there when i was 14 years old when i was still at high school um i worked there while i was at uni uh, just doing the random jobs around the place and then it was my first full-time job uh when i finished uni um and the great thing about that place was just everyone loved football so much you never had to go into the office and say did you see the game this morning? You know, it was assumed that you'd watch the Champions League in the morning. <laughs> you never had to explain, you know, who was playing, you know, because I'd worked at other places where you had to go, did you see the morning? I go, this morning, was there a game on? And you're like, yeah, yeah, a bus, uh, you know, Manchester United or something. Oh, okay, United, is Beckham still there? And you're like, oh, my God, okay, all right, here we go. So <laughs> that that was the best thing about SBS. Um, you know, it's just how much everyone felt. I mean, everyone, not just people who worked for the World Game. You know, the people from the Italian radio would come and they go, oh, Inter this morning they're doing incredible you know the cleaners would come and talk to you about their teams and stuff like that so it was a really wonderful time in my life um i've moved obviously on to optus now and i gotta say it's great to see that they have continued on that tradition they care as much you know you mm -hmm. go in there and you're talking to every single one and everyone's caring about you know every euros game and every copper game and that that's what i really like about the place is that they have that same passion um and you know that to me is really important 
And Nick, uh, thanks again for joining us. Just going back to that time at SVS on those regular shows with Lucy, was there one particular interview that you remember fondly more than any others? Uh, I mean, well, the one I remember the most is obviously the Adelaide incident, um, just because of the the furor that uh, it, it created. But you know, it was funny. I mean, at the time, I didn't think. I just thought, oh yeah, it's Lucy being Lucy, she says crazy stuff all the time. Um, and then the next day, I believe the premier of South Australia was uh, calling us out. So that was a that was an interesting <laughs> moment. Um, and, and then I remember you guys had the Adelaide kits on the following show, I think as well. Yeah, and then, you know piece. <laughs> that's the thing is like. Um, full credit to the Adelaide United uh, media manager that got in touch and said, oh, you know, like he understood what it was and, you know, he sent us the kits and and that was the thing. I mean, we never had anything against the club. The club's a great club and I mean, I don't have anything against the city. I've never been, but I'm, I'm sure it's great. But, you know, it's just an offhand comment in you talk for an hour and a half. You guys know someone's yeah. going to say something a little wild and it ended up being the biggest talking point in yeah. Australia that day and it just shows you kind of how the internet works but you know so that was kind of a memorable interview uh having like people like Daniel Georgievsky on I remember having a really good time chatting to him and him telling us about you know what it meant to him for example to have grown up in Western Sydney to wake up in the morning and hear the Champions League anthem on SBS and then to go and play in the Champions League for Stour mm. Bucharest against Chelsea and then have a really bad game on Andre Schoeller just tore him apart and you know and then he talked about how upset he was like that that kind of journey and that was kind of the really interesting thing we heard a lot of stories that maybe don't come out just in the general press conferences mm. people were able to open up a little bit more um so you know it was, and even things like i remember i called out sydney fc for having a lot of success on the field but not having as much success off the field and then danny townsend joined us the next week <laughs> to kind of debunk it and you know it was i, I like that as well i like mm. the fact that people were willing to come on and challenge it and if we said something they would come back so that that was like i guess a really cool part of the show is there were strong opinions but then people came on to defend themselves or, or, yeah. or to give even more strong opinions. And I, I really enjoyed that aspect because it was never, you know, we never had any personal vendettas against everyone. We just, like like you do, like you guys do, just want to talk football. And when you talk football, mm -hmm. strong opinions are always going to come out. Oh, absolutely. It's a game of opinions, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, um, absolutely. Craig. Yeah, so obviously your time at uh, an SBS has, has come to uh, an end and you're, as you said, you've now uh, swapped to your new role at uh, Adopter Sports. Um, do you want to just let us know what that involves, what your role is at SBS and, and what you're doing there, et cetera? Yeah, so um, at Optusport, I've just joined for the, the Euros and the Copa. Uh, I'm writing a lot of stuff for their website. You can kind of see my articles every day or so. Uh, I'm appearing on their podcast, The Gergen Pod, uh, with Dave Wiener, and we have a different kind of guest each day. But, you know, today it was John Aloisi. Previously, it was Thomas Sorensen. Um, the Athletic, some uh, journalists from The Athletic over, you know, on the ground have joined us. Some of us speak to our correspondents, likes of Adrian Arno Del Monte, who's been traveling all around on the coverage. So that's been really good. It just gives us a chance to maybe discuss a few things in more detail than they get to on the coverage because obviously you know you've got to run the highlights as soon as the game finishes you've got two minutes for this subject two minutes for this subject and then you're on to the next show um, so it just allows us to flesh that all out. You know, I'm helping them kind of as well with their social media and stuff like that. And just generally kind of, I, I was saying I'm like a, a Frankie de Jong, you know, if I need to play center back, no problem. Mm. If I need to move into midfield, if you want me to get into the box, no worries. <laughs> I'll play combinations. You know, that that's my role there is just to. Well, I think there might be a few England supporters want to know, can you play center forward, mate? <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what? I got to yeah. say, well, Harry, Harry Kane, 
I tipped him to be uh, Golden Boot, and yeah. uh, you know that that seemed pretty. At, at one stage, so in my mate's tipping comp, uh, I tipped Harry Kane to be Golden Boot. My mate, who is a Spanish, you know, nationalist, tipped Alvaro Morata to be Golden Boot. I was laughing at him so hard, and then look at this: Harry Kane no goals, Alvaro Morata one goal. So, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. We'll touch up. We'll touch on that a little bit later on. Now, we've had um, former Fox Sports commentator uh, Simon Hill on the show several times, and, and particularly the last time he came on, he, he lamented the fact that with Fox Sports, it was very mechanical. There was no room to do anything magazine-style to really, um, I guess, dissect the, um, the issues that are at hand um, in football. We know there are so many stories to tell. At Optus, it's, it's, it's completely the opposite, isn't it? Like with the recent Football Belong series and a lot of the magazine-style um, programs and snippets and what you're not. Um, it really must be a breath of fresh air that it's not just the game or it's not just the commentary, but you're able to um, uh, look at all these different issues. Who in your mind at Optus Sport is brilliant at that? Who is really good at, at Which one of the guys there is just good at looking at all the issues surrounding the game? Well, you know, I, I got to give a lot of credit actually to um, Rich Bayless, who obviously people see host the coverage, but you uh, know, he, he was the uh, EP behind um, Football Belongs as well, and that whole series. You know, uh, David Davidovic and Ben Coonan were the kind of guys who were executing it on a day to day basis. But Rich was absolutely involved every single step of the way, um, and kind of overarching and seeing the whole process. So, you know, what what he's done there and, and what he's set up is really really incredible. Um, you know, and I worked with him a little bit uh, at Fox Sports previously uh when he was a presenter there mm -hmm. um and then to see now you know i think seven year or eight years on since i last worked with him what he's built because he was there from day one from mm -hmm. you know him and a, i think a few other people uh came across from fox sports and helped set it up what they've built is is incredible so i'm full credit um another one that i kind of really enjoy talking to and uh i've just really enjoyed you know in between kind of games and having cups of coffee together is john aloisi mm -hmm. um Obviously, a legend, you know, player, you know, A-League coach, all that. But just a really good guy to have a chat with about football, you know, great experience, really, like you say, sees the whole game, understands all the issues at all the different levels. Obviously, he's close with his brother, Ross, who's at Adelaide United and all the experiences they've had together. So he's someone that, you know, I always just love talking to about Australian football. But there's plenty of people, plenty of people who, you know, people like the editors who, who want to have a chat about, you know, the way Sydney FC are playing or whatever, or, you know, the, the guy running their social media wants to talk about, you know, uh, South Melbourne and all these kind of things. So, yeah, it, there's, a, there's a lot of good people there. And it's really good, actually, to see that um, on the upper sport on the TV that you've got different options as well. If you don't want to watch a full game, you can watch a, 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 a mini 45-minute. Yeah, you absolutely. can watch a 24. Yeah. And it, it's, it, there's nothing else like it. It is a fantastic uh, facility, unique facility for us to be able to, to watch the, the world game. Um, and, of course, it's got um, lots of other things on there as well. But, uh, right, let's get into, um, I suppose, let's get into what we asked you to come on for was to talk about the Euros. Yeah, which absolutely. is uh, is, uh, is is obviously taking uh, taking much of our time up, um, lots of sleepless nights, uh, especially for yourself. You were telling us earlier on you uh, you start relatively early in the morning. 
Yeah, so I'm I'm up usually at about um, four a.m. Uh, to get into work. So that means I catch the uh, last Euros game. I catch up often from the games that I've missed the night before um, through you know the mini match uh, thing, the mega minis yeah. that they have as well. That they're always very helpful. I was saying uh, the other day that um, some of the, the the more difficult games to watch, England, Scotland included, should have come with a warning label when you clicked on the mini match and just said, "Listen, just watch the three minute version. It's it's the same the same level." <laughs> of highlights but um no it's uh it's been really good and then obviously watch the copper game so there's usually two copper games yeah. in the morning as well um and then yeah appearing on the podcast as well and writing articles it's it's a lot happening the days go very quickly um but i'm having a great time great great and how have you found the uh the start the start of uh, obviously the euros were just over what just over a week or so in now uh, into match round uh, match day two or two two uh, two times we played in match round two um let's start and uh, let's go back into to perhaps group a to start with uh, steve yeah do you want to look at the results from group a or the yeah we'll, we'll have a touch and have a chat about uh, have a chat about some of the results okay let's see if we can get those here so what do we have the other day most recently was the italy Result. They're all yeah. Uh, Italy. Italy won three nil against uh, Switzerland. Switzerland. So they've had two three nils now. Well, and this is the thing about Italy, and I'm very proud. So I'll I'll tell you, I did tip uh, Italy to win the tournament at the start of the tournament, which I think is looking like a very good tip. I did also mm. tip Turkey to get to the semi-finals, which is looking like an absolute literal Turkey of a tip. But anyway, um, so Italy have been extremely impressive. Uh, you know, two, th they'd never had, I think, they'd never won or scored three goals in a single uh, Euros game in their history, and now they've done it twice in a row. Um, yeah. Italy have been a revelation. Roberto Mancini has completely kind of changed the traditional way that we associate, you know, it's not Catanaccio anymore. It's counter-pressing. It's on the front foot, possession-heavy football. Um, you know, Locatelli has been a fantastic player from uh, Sassuolo, Berardi. It's been really, really good to watch Italy. And, um, you know, at home as well in the Stadio Olimpico. And I, I don't know about you guys, but one of the things I've actually really enjoyed, which I didn't think I would enjoy or was a bit sceptical on, is the all the different host cities. Um, yeah. And to me, it's been really yeah, I think it's been fantastic to have a, an actual, it's a European UEFA. It's not a country hosting it. It's every country or as many as they can. I think it's brilliant. Yeah, and, and you see the scenes in, in Hungary at the Ferenc Puskas Arena. You see the scenes in Scotland, Hampden Park, the scenes at Wembley, the, you know, the the scenes in um, Denmark, Denmark yeah, even. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, in Italy, it, it's, you know, Germany as well uh, last night. It's been really cool. I think at, at the time I was a bit like, ah, what, 12 cities, what are they doing? That sounds so weird. That doesn't make any sense. Mm. I think we're always skeptical of new things, but... You know, in a continent like Europe, which is a bit more, you know, obviously closer together, you couldn't do it in Asia. There's no way you could play, you know, one one. It's game more accessible, in. isn't it? Europe's more accessible to, to Europeans. It's exactly. Three hours, and you can be just about anywhere. Exactly. So, you know, it, I think it's been um, a great little thing of the tournament. But yeah, Italy starting really well. Uh, the other team to kind of win both their games is Belgium, uh, who beat Denmark two one, and Kevin De Bruyne coming off the bench, um, really played well in his forty five minutes uh, there. So. They're both top of the group. Um, Wales, uh, you know, we've got to say that they've been pretty Be impressive careful. in their second Be game. Careful what you say. <laughs> well, they, they surprised. No, you know, what, what, what do you think? How do you think, uh, you know, your your Welsh team has gone? Yeah, they've, they've surprised me, if I'm, if I'm absolutely honest. I know there was a couple of, uh, couple of comments coming back from the UK about them being a pub team. Um, but look, they've really surprised me. Look, the first game against Switzerland, 
wasn't particularly good. It wasn't exciting. We just talked about the England Scott again. It wasn't particularly exciting. Um, but I think you know, given that the hype that um, the Turkey were given uh, pre-tournament uh, going into that game, I suppose I wasn't um, uh, thinking we were going to get anything. But they absolutely dominated that game from from start to finish. You know, it probably could have been three 0 up in the first half. Uh, of course, Gareth Bale. Uh, the Messiah uh, missed a penalty, but his overall performance in that game was, mm. you know, was Gareth Bale of old. You know, he's, he's found a new role as well, though, Craig. He's dropping into different positions. But he has normally he, seen him in. Yeah, he's like, reinvented I've, himself. Yeah, and I've said on social media, you know, he, he's he's lost that little bit of pace that he had that everybody associates Gareth Bale with was that electric pace. You always remember that goal that he scored, I think, mm. uh, against Arsenal uh, for Spurs back years ago, where he. he, he he had 15 metres on someone and still got the ball and scored. and So he's lost that back a little bit of pace, but he's now adapted to a different type of role. Um, and he's a very, very proud Welshman. You know, the, the old joke is, you know, it's Wales first, goal second, Madrid third. Um, <laughs> you know, and that's the way that, that, that Gareth Bale is. But look, they've, they've really surprised me. And, you know, the game tonight, look, they, they both timed, uh, obviously, Italy are through. They only need a point. Um, I think they'll be. Uh, I think they'll be super confident going to that game that they can get something from it tonight. Well, in the morning. Yeah, and I, I got to say, Gareth Bale's a really interesting one in terms of his future now because. Um, you know, supposedly he's going to go back to Real Madrid, which is where he's contracted to. And Carlo Ancelotti is now the coach there. And him and Ancelotti actually have a really good relationship. And one of Bale's best season was under Ancelotti previously. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if he's in this kind of form, you'd think Real Madrid are really going to want to step him up. Because one thing that they lacked last season was kind of, a, you know, goals. Uh, someone to help Benzema carry the load up front. Um, so, you know, it's amazing to think 12 months ago, um, that Sergio Ramos wouldn't be at Real Madrid, but Gareth Bale would be. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But um, yeah, look, I think um, Wales will. Uh, Wales will um, look. They're all qualified. I think and a, a point tonight. We'll uh, we'll we'll see that through. But uh, you're right with Turkey. I think they've been a real real disappointment. Um, um, you know, for what was what was being hyped as uh, as one of the uh, one of the contenders, wasn't it, or the dark horses? So. Um, I mean, I feel like we got sold a lemon, you know, all the previews. Too, I was, think. Yeah, exactly. I, all the previews I was reading, all the you know videos I was watching, we saw them beat the Netherlands 4-2, I think, three months before the tournament. We saw them take four points off um, France in, in 2019. Oh, this Turkey team, da 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 We've been completely catfished by them. They're not what yeah. they were advertised as. Yeah. They've wound the Odomina back, haven't they, really? Yeah. That, that, and, they were, and like you say, they could have been down 3-0 against um, Wales in... 20 minutes the whole yeah. thing was their defense was meant to be amazing absolutely not based on this game so i don't yeah. know it's been but talking, of, but talking of defenses italy um you know as always you know mancini's gone in there and changed i suppose as you said the the style of football but they still have this backbone of their of their defense and it's very difficult to get through and i think um i think if if they win tonight against wales i think it's a it's a record uh, 30, 30 wins since, or 30 uh, games yeah. unbeaten. Yeah, yeah. It'll yeah be that's phenomenal international football. Isn't any it? thoughts on the Chiellini injury, guy? Well, I, I just think um, the way that they're playing, uh, I th you know, he's a huge absence, obviously, uh, because of his leadership and his organisational abilities. And maybe as the tournament goes on, it'll prove to be a bigger issue for them but based on the first two games they were just so dominant all over the pitch that you you, you couldn't expose them um based on, you know I, I think switzerland thought when chiellini came off oh okay you know we sense a bit of danger now we can go for them 
and it was one nil. They were one nil down almost instantly straight afterwards. Yeah, I think uh, Chiellini's obviously he's going to be out to the team. I'm not sure they're going to risk him for 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 this game um, based on the fact that they they've qualified, so they're probably going to rest him for the uh, for the quarters. But um, that'll be great for uh, that'll be great for Wales because I think uh, you know Dan James, Gareth Bale, and I'm not sure Ramsey will play. Uh, I think they'll probably rest uh, Aaron Ramsey, but. You know, just touching back on him a little bit here before we go on to the other groups. But how nice is it to see Aaron Ramsey back playing the way that Aaron Ramsey does? Uh, you know, we go back to 90, uh, 2016 uh, at the Euros where, you know, himself and Gareth Bale were, were so dominant. And he's had a real poor run of injuries um, over in Italy uh, with Juventus. Um, but, you know, if I was a, a Juventus fan now um, and I'm seeing Gareth Bale, uh, sorry, Gareth Bale, uh, Aaron Ramsey play like he did the other night, I'd be, uh, I'd be frothing in the mouth of what he could do for the, for the next year. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, should we move on to, if we... Group B? I, what about Group B? We've, we've mentioned, we've touched on Belgium as well. They, they had to uh, sort of fight back a little bit against Denmark, who threw the kitchen sink at them in the, in the first half the other night, didn't they? Yeah, uh, it was actually, I think, Denmark bottom of the group, but incredibly unlucky. Obviously, the first game they had the Christian Eriksen incident, which was horrific. Um, but I think they had 23 shots to one. Uh, Finland what, still won 1-0. With they had, It was the only time I think a team has won at a major tournament with having one shot at goal. Um, they happened to score with that one shot. They had two touches in the box. So that's how unlucky Um Denmark was in that game. And they were actually really good in the first half uh, against Belgium. They really kind of put them under pressure. But Belgium just had that quality where they can bring on Kevin De Bruyne and they can, they just, you know, Eden Hazard, these players, they're so talented. And really this is, it's their golden generation and it's their last chance to win, um, I would say, based on the age of the squad. It's the last chance for this generation to win a major tournament. Um, and there's huge pressure on Roberto Martinez to deliver because they're the number one ranked side in the world. And, you know, they should. I don't think they will. I think uh, we'll see them kind of stutter again, whether it's in the quarterfinals or the semifinals. And, and do you think um, this will be uh, Martinez's last uh, campaign as a Belgium as the Belgian boss? Do you think he's going to get back into club management, which is where he wants to be? Yeah, I, I'm not sure what his future will hold, but I imagine, you know, I think he won't deliver the the trophy and they'll, they'll fall and say, okay, it's time to move on. You know, you had your chance and you had your chance with, the most special group that we are going to have, I think, for a long time. You know, I know Tielemans is young, but, you know, Eden Hazard is kind of heading towards uh, the latter stages of his career. Lukaku is in incredible form, but again, also, you know, he's not going to, he's kind of at his peak right now. So I think it's, yeah, basically win or, I mean, whether he wins it, I think if he wins it, he'll want to move on to club management. And if he fails to win it, then Belgium will want to move on to a different manager. Yeah. So Belgium to go through in that group. Who's uh, who's the runner-up? You know what? I'm still back in. I think um, Denmark can uh, get up there, actually. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I actually, I know it looks hard for them to, you know, they're down there. But to me, they've been impressive. Uh, you know, I, I look at the chances they're creating. They just need a better striker. Martin Braithwaite, you know, I'm a big fan of Barcelona. He's, he's not the killer striker that you need, you know. Um, and so, I don't know. I, I think Denmark will, I think we'll finally see them uh, win um, tomorrow night. Okay, and, let's move uh, along now to uh, groups, Group C. And um, Group C, Netherlands, as can be expected, two wins from two, two um, starts there. But, um, Nick, in your opinion, who's going to be in number two in that group? 
Uh, I think the Ukraine are looking quite good. I like the way Shevchenko's got them playing. Um, they pushed Netherlands all the way. Um, you know, they've got some quality players, like Yarmolenko, Malinovsky um, uh, from yeah, Atlanta. Sure. Um, so th there's good players. Uh, Zinchenko obviously plays as a left-back uh, for City, but plays in midfield for Ukraine, which is always an interesting kind of thing to see how different coaches use the same players because then you get a sense of you know the, the possibilities that he might have later in his career at club level you know he's not just a left back he's a, actually a midfielder that's where he started his career so the ukraine have been good um north macedonia it's been a great story and it's been great for the macedonian mm. community of australia and i've loved seeing them you know all all across the country gather at their community centers i think that's one of the great things about the euros from an australian perspective is seeing all the different communities obviously australia doesn't participate but we get to experience all the different um, communities around Australia. So they've been great. I don't think they will uh, go through, though. So I think it'll be Ukraine and um, Austria maybe getting in on a third place. Mm -hmm. Moving along to Group D, gents. Uh, Czech Republic, England, Croatia and Scotland. Anything can happen in that group. Craig? Come on, Scots. <laughs> Nick? Oh, look, it's a, um, yeah, it's yeah. a funny one. I think, um, you know, Czech Republic... Uh, That'll be an interesting game they play against England. And England really have to really have to go for it. Uh, there's no sitting back. Um, and I have listened to Gareth Southgate's um, interviews after the game, and he said he knows it's frustrating for for for, for England fans, um, but they're not going to win the tournament in, in the group stages. So it's about getting out of the group um, and and playing playing Scotland's not like playing the Czech Republic. It's not like playing Croatia. It's a totally different game. Um, everybody knows everybody's game because they play with each other week in week out. So it's a very very different game. It's more of a a real you know local derby uh, in in any league in the world. Um, so I think put that into perspective. I think um, England were were outplayed by Scotland. I have to say, I thought Scotland were fantastic value for for their point, and you could see the joy on their faces uh, of of the whole club and the supporters after the game. But you know. I would imagine, looking at this, that England would probably be Croatia. I think it'll change. I think the squad would, might uh, might change, and and Gareth will be a little bit more um, offensive. Um, I think playing two centre uh, holding midfield players really hasn't worked for them. Um, um, and probably Croatia to go through. I don't think Scotland will beat Croatia, although it will be a tough game. Um, I, th I can see Croatia maybe just nicking that third place. You guys. I don't know. Croatia's never beaten Scotland in Scotland. That's a tough one. Um, they're going to be very tough at Hampden Park. But look, anything can happen. If the Czech Republic defeats England, Croatia defeats Scotland or, or, or yeah. you know, England could be out. I mean, it's one of those. It's going to come down to the last game. Um, right. One thing I'll say is that probably with England on four points, they'll still, even if they finish third, they'll, still, third, get yeah. they'll yeah. still get through it. And that's sometimes that's a little bit of the frustrating thing about the way that it's structured. You know, you yeah. obviously remember in 2016, Portugal managed to get through without winning a that's game. Goal, oh, three yeah. three draws. Yeah. Yeah. Right? And it was there, playing turgid football, and then they managed to go on and win the title. So, yeah, there'll, there'll be a few um, underwhelming third place teams that uh, get through, but who knows? They can go on to do the damage in the, when it matters. In the knockouts. Oh. And what's your thoughts on uh, Harry Kane there for England, Nick? I mean, I think Harry Kane is a wonderful player, but I don't know if he's unfit or, you know, it's just, uh, he's just not working for him in the system. I mean, he looks really kind looks of tired, isn't he? Yeah, he looks, he looks mm -hmm. exhausted. Um, and I thought, yeah, like you said, Scotland did a great job at, at kind of shutting him down and shutting the England team down. And, and when it's not working for England, 
like it wasn't against Scotland, they did look like they were out of ideas. They didn't yeah. exactly look like they were creating, you know, quality chances. A lot of players kind of, you saw them with get the ball head up and then making three decisions in their head, turning, 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 not really knowing what's going on. And, and I, I think it exposed that, you know, there was a lot of people saying England were one of the favourites along with France for the for the trophy, but mm, I'm, I'm seeing big problems. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, let's well. move along, guys, to Group E now. Mm, the uninspiring group, can we call it? Take us through it, Steve. Take us through it. There we go. Group E. Well, uh, Sweden topped the group. I have to say, without playing the most thrilling football I've seen in the uh, in the tournament so far, as it stands. So they're they're in the top top spot there, ahead of uh, Slovakia, who are surprised second, and Spain and Poland, probably the two teams we would have tipped to be in the top two places. They're in third and fourth. So. Mm. Uh, and this is the one group where it's really wide open. Now you look at they've got four, three, two, and one points respectively. So yeah, anyone's game in this group. I don't know what's going to happen next, but I hope it's more exciting than their previous two match days. Nick, yeah, I well, I just look at this and I think Spain of what an interesting team. Spain yeah. actually, for for any people who follow kind of the um, you know expected goals, Spain actually has the best expected goals in the entire tournament. They've got six expected goals and they've scored one. So that just shows you the problems that they have up front. They are creating chances, but Alvaro Marata and Gerard Romero are not putting them away um, at all. So, you know, there's, there's big kind of issues there for Luis Enrique. Um, Spain is kind of the traditional Spain of lots of possession, um, mm. but they can't exactly break through. And when they do, they can't take their chances. And I was saying to someone today, they, to me, it's the same recipe that they used in, you know, that golden generation of 20, 2008 to 2012, but the ingredients are not yeah. as fresh and not as high quality as they were when you had Iniesta, Xavi, you know, Pete Busquets, David Villa, Fernando Torres, all those players to David Silva coming off the bench. There was a lot of people who could w break down a tight defence. I don't know if Spain have that right now. So I do think they will beat Slovakia and I do think they will uh, go on to, you know, qualify for the next round but um yeah it's been a it's been like you say an underwhelming group and the group of death is actually happening to be the uh, most entertaining and i guess a lot of the entertainment is being provided by the bottom side hungry um they've done extraordinarily well and also their fans there um at the ferens pushkash arena have been incredible but um uh, france at the moment on top there with four points Germany and Portugal sharing second and third with three points and Hungary on the bottom with one point. That whole um, that that whole sequence, I guess, could change after match day three, Nick. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, what a what a performance from Germany overnight to beat um, mm. Portugal 4-2. Mm. And what a response from Yoki Lowe. There was all this talk. He had to change his back three. They were, in Germany, they were saying, you have to move to a back four. You've got to get Kimmich in the midfield. He stuck to his guns. He played Kimmich um, at kind of a right wing back position, overloaded on that side with Thomas Muller coming across and Kai Havertz as well. They're all together, a lot of combination play. And then it freed up Gosens on the other side acres of space 40 mm. 50 meters of space every time and he had the game of his life this guy that you know a lot of us hadn't even really heard about when he was uh caught up for the team um you know and he involved in every goal scores one assists one um you know what a performance touch on I portugal there um nick um i've been really uninspired by portugal I thought you know against hungary in the first game i know they won um but 
they left it, I think it was 80, 84 minutes before they first they scored their first goal and obviously won it in the end. And, you know, I thought they were particularly poor against uh, against Germany uh, last night. Where, with, with the calibre of players that they have in their squad, you'd expect a little bit more from Portugal at this stage, wouldn't you? Or is it a case of just getting through this group stage and, and then seeing what Portugal are, cap- Portugal are capable of in the, in the next round? Oh, I think sometimes coaches who are defense first, defensive minded first, sometimes struggle when they have a higher quality of, of attacking players to in in their selection. You know, Fernando Santos was in charge uh, in 2016 when they didn't mm. quite have the same level of attacking caliber. They didn't have the likes of, you know, Bruno Fernandes and, and players like Jao Felix and, and Diego Jota and, and all these kind of great attacking talents. You know, it was kind of a, a lot of Cristiano Ronaldo and Ricardo Quaresma up front. You know, we all remember there was the one who scored the goal and then we never heard about him again um so i don't know i just think sometimes coaches struggle when they're when they're clear that their philosophy is i'm a defense coach first and then they have to go on the front foot because Mm. of the quality players that they have now you know i think he's the wrong manager for these players Players. and that's that's it and i think he's still he's he's caught in two minds he's trying to make sure that the defense is still solid and they're still kind of you know, hard to break down. Although, look, Germany opened them apart time and time again. Um, but he's also trying to make sure that he can fit all these attacking players in the team. I've got to say one big out for them that I think people are kind of forgetting. Jao Cancelo uh, got COVID before the tournament. You know, he was meant to play right back. He looked amazing, uh, amazingly in form in the lead-up games. And it was on his side where Gosens just ran wild against Nelson Semedo. And I wonder if they had Jao Cancelo, would they have not only been able to defend better, you know, and, and shut down, but also because he goes forward so much would Gosens have had to not go forward as much and that yeah. would have nullified the threat so you know I, th- I think that's a big out that people I, I didn't see a lot of people talking about it today but it did cross my mind yeah. um, and Nick just on France last night we saw them struggle a little bit surprisingly at uh, Budapest there against Hungary has Deschamps got a problem against teams that are going to sit deep and get a lot of men behind the ball perhaps yeah, I mean, I think so. I, I think it's another thing. Of, it was the way that France won the World Cup, you know, but Giroud didn't have a shot on target or something the whole, the whole tournament. It was sit deep, break, use the speed of Mbappe, which is an incredible weapon to have for sure. Yeah. But when when you, there's no space for him to go in, it, they, they do struggle a bit and, and they're not set up to do so. So I think for France, well, like we say, it is about getting through the group. And then when they come up against the bigger teams, you know, like Germany, they might have a bit more chances actually on the break. Um, but yeah, it is but if you've got somebody, but if you've got somebody from Bappy's pace, you would drop deep anyway. You wouldn't allow that space in behind. Exactly. You saw it, you saw it the other night for, in the first game where you know I think on the halfway line he gave somebody ten meters, and by the time he got the ball, he was five meters in front of the of the guy. So you can't give those type of players those those, those spaces to run into. And I think actually probably what's going to happen is we're going to have a lot of boring games involving France because teams will have to sit so deep against them because mm. they, they fear that um, pace. And then it'll be up to kind of the likes of Griezmann and Benzema and, and Mbappe as well, who's very good as well in tight spaces um, to to break them down. But I think as well there are some issues within the camp that we can see with in terms of Mbappe and, and Giroud and Giroud and Benzema. We know before the tournament um, Benzema said he's a Ferrari and Giroud's a go-kart. So, you know, that that's not easy to get over in a team when that's kind of said publicly. Uh, you know, we, we always know the French always have some issues, but I heard a good line the other week, and I, and I like saying it, empires crumble from within. And France is a football empire right now. They've got all the things. But it, the, if the problems start happening within, it can mm. all go. Well, that's always been the case with France, Nick. Yeah. 
They yeah. always seem to have that infighting within that within that group. Every year something comes out, and it's every I, tournament something comes out. I mean, Benzema is a great example. I mean, yeah, you know, yeah. he nearly yeah. blackmailed his own teammate. And then my my favorite example is, of course, in 2010 when Raymond Dominic had to read out the hostage note to, to <laughs> when the team wouldn't come off the bus when they were refusing to train, and he was saying, "Okay, the players have given me a statement to read. Here it is." <laughs> I mean, it's very entertaining, but it's not very good for your football. No. No, no, absolutely. No. We're speaking with Nick Stoll, the former the World Game co-host, and he's now with um Optus Sport. Nick, if um hang about, just um we're going to take a little bit of a break, and when we return, we're going to look at the upcoming fixtures, and we'll go around the panel and we'll see who is going to be the team that is going or which team is going to win. So do stay with us. You are listening to or watching the Football Outwear Show. Don't go away. Sport requires effort, sweat and strong will, and Macron knows it. A leading global company with Italian DNA in the production and sale of sportswear, when Macron first entered the sports world in 1971, it was a small yet strong player. Since then, Macron has been growing at a very fast pace, supporting teams, sportsmen and women at all levels, working hard to supply them with the best technical products to help improve their performances. With over 4 million pieces of stock available in our Italian warehouse and an extensive range of on-field, off-field and free time products, we cater for everyone from amateurs to professional sporting organisations, even referees. Ranked third most prominent football brand by the UEFA, Macron keeps expanding its presence worldwide, including Australia, where we are currently proud partners of Perth Glory, MacArthur FC, Port Adelaide, and Parramatta Eels, and more to come. Work hard, play harder, Macron, your next teamwear partner. For more information, visit our website at www.macronvic.com.au or call us on 1-800-MACRON. Welcome back to the Football Outwear Show. It is episode 63 and we are graced with the um, the presence of Nick Stoll with us. Nick, we know you can't stay for too long, so we really appreciate you coming on. Uh, mate, let's go through the fixtures, the upcoming fixtures, and uh, very, very quickly, let's uh, pick a winner so we won't go too long on that. But uh, if we go straight with um, match day three, the first of it this morning or tomorrow morning, Italy-Wales. Nick, you'd... you'd What's your take on this game? Well, I mean, it'll be interesting to see how Mancini uh, approaches it. You know, obviously they've looked really ominous. Do they do they keep that going? Do they, do they stay with the same lineup? Do they like? Do they try and bring in the likes of Verratti, who I think you know, Marco Verratti is a fantastic player, but he he's a bit unfit. He needs minutes in his legs. Do they try and bring him in as well? Just. To, to, to get that going. I'm not sure. Um, I think maybe we could see a draw here, uh, depending on the rotations uh, that Italy use um, and also the, the rotations that Wales do as well. Um, so I'm going to say 1-1. One, one. And Switzerland and Turkey? Uh, well, Turkey, you know, b- biggest disappointment of the tournament so far. So I'm going to have to say Switzerland uh, are going to win there. And I think Brill Imbolo, if he plays like he did in the first game, will um, tear through that defence. Okay, then we move along to Group C, and that's going to be Tuesday morning. Ukraine taking on Austria, and at the same time, North Macedonia, Netherlands. Nick, firstly, Ukraine versus Austria. 
Yeah, I've, like I was saying, I like what I've seen from the Ukraine. Um, Austria kind of very reliant on David Alaba to kind of create something for them. Um, you know, they've had their issues with Anatovic and all that kind of stuff. So I'm going to say the Ukraine will win there. And then I think the Netherlands, even if they rotate a few players, um, are going to be too strong for North Macedonia, who, you know, have definitely d done themselves proud in this tournament, but we're always going to be up against it. Yeah. Now, Russia and Denmark in Group B, that's the five o'clock game. And notice the, the two games are both being played simultaneously. And then uh, Finland taking on Belgium. Yeah, good luck to anyone trying to uh, get a decent night's <laughs> sleep this week. Uh, 2 a.m., 2 a.m., 5 a.m. But, you know, you gotta. I, I feel like all our bosses should, uh, you know, just give us a little bit of slack for this month. Um, but, yeah, Russia, Denmark, I think uh, Denmark are going to win that one. Like I say, I like the way they're creating a lot of chances. I haven't been very impressed with Russia. Um, and Finland, Belgium, well, I mean, David versus Goliath. Uh, so you'd have mm. to say... I mean, in, in that case, you know, David won. But uh, in this case, we'll say I yeah. Belgium Goliath will win. Yeah. Okay, moving along then to Wednesday morning. Um, we've got the big one in Group D, Croatia taking on Scotland and then the Czech Republic taking on England. Both those games at 5 o'clock. Nick? Uh, I'm going to tip Croatia to beat Scotland in Scotland, which is uh, huge. I think it's going to be like a tight game, but I just, I, I still like something about this Croatian team. I still like Luka Modric to to bring kind of a, a masterclass out. Um, Czech Republic uh, v England, I, th I think it could be another draw, actually. Uh, I think England could get very frustrated. Um, and then uh, going a little further, I think Sweden is probably going to just have enough to beat Poland, or that could be a very close game and then i think spain if as long as someone can put the ball in the net for them uh they should be able to beat slovakia but honestly at this stage i'd play i'd try every single person up front at training and see what works <laughs> and finally the group of death thursday morning at five o'clock portugal taking on france germany taking on hungary well, you'd say Germany would be pretty strong favourites uh, against Hungary, who have done well. But, you know, obviously um, Germany looked really good and, and looked to have found their form. And I'm a big fan of Thomas Muller, actually. Such an intelligent player, mm. such an important player. So I think he'll uh, find a way. He seems through. to have been around forever, doesn't he? Ah, oh, doesn't he? Yeah. We're, ta we're talking about that yeah. today. He's actually quite young but i think he's one of those ones because he broke onto the scene quite Very early young, didn't he? Yeah. And, and he actually looked a bit old like remember ian robin was already balding when he was at like chelsea mm. but he was actually 21 and then he kept going on until he, like the 2014 world cup or whatever it was so um yeah it, it's an interesting one but uh portugal france i'm gonna tip um france i think uh i think they'll beat portugal there Excellent. Well, that um, thank you very much for joining us. Um, Nick, really, really was entertaining having your knowledge, your insight into the um, Euro 2020s. Um, yep, a few more weeks of bleary-eyed um, existence, but uh, we wouldn't have it any other way, would we, mate? No, and you know what? I want to say a big shout-out to you guys for doing shows like this. I think it's uh, great to see people all across the football community doing it. Um, I really love to listen into it when I can and, and and be a part of it when I can. So thank you so much for having me on, and thanks to everyone in the, in the comments. Good to see uh, some familiar names there uh, getting involved. So I, I just love uh, the passion for football. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. Can get, we do get enough. Yeah. 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 That's what Nick we do. Thank you very much once again. All the very best, and we look forward to seeing and hearing more about your work at Optus Sport. Okay, have a great night, guys. Good on you. All the best. You too. Lovely gentleman, Nick Stoll.
Um, Stolich, as he was uh, um, prisoned <laughs> or rechristened by uh, Lucy Zelich on the on the uh, world game, but uh, great, great for him to join us, guys. It's been awesome, hasn't it? It's been a great show. Um, it, we're 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 well, well, well behind schedule, but um, nonetheless, um, you know, one thing we haven't we haven't talked about is the love it or loathe it. We've got so much to talk about. We completely forgot it. Yeah, um, let's go. Let's yeah. go back to that after. I think let's get another guest because I think he uh, he might be waiting for us in a car he, park somewhere he, on is, the. Uh, is he on? Is he on the not, line? Yeah, we haven't got him yet. I've got to get him on. So if you want to take me offline, then I'll uh, I'll go and uh, and get him on. No problem. Well, what we're going to do in the meantime is we're going to show a little clip about our next guest. And um, that that clip we'll, we will show very quickly. And it was Paul Wade when he was talking about how he was marking the great um, Diego Maradona. Uh, only goes for about a minute, but a beautiful intro into our next guest. I was given a job two weeks out. Yes, you are marking for Maradona. Well, you get a week of sleep for two weeks. Because I'm thinking of all the things that he did for Napoli and Argentina, scoring goals against England, you name it, I'm, uh, I'm really freaking out. But Eddie Thompson gave me a couple of videos of his last two games. So that's what I did. I just watched those. And it calmed me down a little bit. I wasn't thinking about the Maradona against England. I was thinking about his last two games in these World Cup qualifiers. So for the whole game, I walked around. Yeah, I've got a couple of tackles in. Uh, the one tackle I did win, they scored a goal from. Uh, he was going down the right-hand side. I just got across and tackled him. The ball went to Milan Ivanovic. I got up, chased it, got it off him, crossed it. They scored. The goal for Argentina! A tremendous goal! Welcome back to the Football Outwear Show. And that was the intro to our next guest. Hopefully he's on the line. Craig, have we got Paul Wade on the line? Fingers crossed technology works and uh, we welcome uh, Paul <laughs> Wade to the show. Wade, are you with us? Hello, Paul. Oh, you got to be kidding. Hey, far out. No, we can't hear him. Steve, can you hear him? can't hear Wadey, unfortunately. No, unfortunately not. Uh, bear yeah. with us, Paul. We can't hear you, so just bear with us a second. We'll we'll try and we'll try and sort it out. Just uh, take us off for a sec, guys, and we'll. Uh... Yeah, that's all right. We'll we'll uh, fill the time. So well, the word is that Paul Wade is on an eight-hour road trip, and he's taking time out of his road trip to speak to us on Football Out West. Is that is that actually confirmed? Oh, that's pretty pretty that's... full on, isn't it, mate? Uh, now, look, my recollections of Paul Wade. He was um, a player that at local level you either lo loved him or you hated him. Now, me being a Melbourne Knights fan, and he at the time was playing for South Melbourne, could not stand the bloke. You hated him, absolutely hated him with a passion. But when the man stepped up to be Captain Socceroogees, there was no more inspirational character. And that 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 little snippet that you saw on, um, unfortunately, it was quite poor quality. Go on to socceroos.com.au or even Google Paul Wade talking about marking Maradona. It's a it's it's a pretty amazing interview. Uh, he was quite a, he was an inspirational character, 
And it's great to see that he has been, has remained involved in football all of these years as well. And um, and look, you know, hopefully we can get him on, 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 on the show. He's got a lot to talk about the old NSL days. He's got a lot to talk about the proposed um, National Second Division and indeed um, the current Socceroos World Cup campaign, which, uh, Steve, you've been following quite a fair bit. And how did the Socceroos go? Well, they fared very well, actually, which was really good to see. So they've got the job done. Probably that last test was that one against Jordan, who are always going to be the most difficult opponent in the group, as opposed to the likes of Nepal and mm. Chinese Taipei. They got the job done with a 1-0 win over there. And um, yeah, so a couple of 5 a.m. alarms for us to watch some of those games. And then uh, the last couple of games I didn't catch, but some really good news, as we've spoken about in previous weeks with um Fran Karacic being capped as a Socceroo now, and hopefully, yeah. hopefully Arnie can get over his love affair with um, with uh, Grant, and uh, maybe give um, Karacic a regular start there at right back. And uh, Aiden Hustic has been the player of the tournament for us, as far as we've concerned. I've been it's, concerned in that hub. He's been fantastic. Yeah, it's great seeing some of these players that have left Australian shores and are coming. Well, they haven't come back to Australian shores, but um, the, the first time that we're actually seeing them in action. And they've just gone up a, a level. They've gone up a couple of notches. Craig, have we got our guest on the line? Well, I can hear him. He's, he's here in the background. I'm not sure, guys, whether you can hear him or not. So, uh, Paul, can you hear the guys? Hello, Paul. Can you hear us? No, he can't. There's, they can't. There's they usually can't. that one little button that needs to be pressed that hasn't been pressed. <laughs> yeah, my missus, my missus always tells me I hit the wrong button. You're pressing the wrong buttons, yeah. Jerry, <laughs> don't touch the settings. Try, try now. Can we hear him Hello, now? Paul. I think Hello, I Paul. Hey, true. Yes. There we go. Wow. We've got him. We've got him. <laughs> oh, my my most humble apologies. I'm out in Forbes in Outback, New South Wales. I've, I've just been with over 90 teams playing in a gala day, and it's been absolutely gorgeous out here. Wow. And the last little thing I've got to do is talk to you guys. <laughs> my most humble apologies. Uh, is it getting cold there yet, uh, Wadey? Is it cool down there? Oh, I tell you what. Yeah, minus two this morning. But Jeez. by nine o'clock, it was minus one. Yeah, there you go. Good memories me. of kicking the frost off the ground as a junior. Yeah. There. Correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't Forbes renowned as the like the Elvis impersonator centre of Australia or something like that? Isn't that yeah. the case? Uh-huh. Yeah, that's where the dish is. Out in Parks <laughs> and Forbes, uh, they um, they claim one and the other. They it's like Man United Liverpool with those two towns. They, uh, they love each other, and some of those little uh, some of those emotions came out on the park today. I mean, uh, it was it was great to see. Yeah, I've got some vision of it. I'd love to show you, uh, but to see, I think it was about five six grounds. Shockers with kids and parents. It was just a real celebration. And what was the, what was the reason for the uh, for the tournament, Paul? Well, it's called the Forbes and District Soccer Club Gala Day, and they they obviously didn't do it last year because of uh, COVID. But I've been twice now, and and I just think I wish I could get this and take it to Sydney and mm. show so and Melbourne anywhere in Australia and say. This is how it's done if everybody pulls together. You know what I mean? I'll send you some uh, vision. You just go, wow, it is so healthy out there in the west of New South Wales. Yep, send that over to us, Paul, and we'll uh, we'll play that on uh, on air sometime over the next couple of weeks. 
Now, Paul, you've been involved in football in Australian football for many, many decades, firstly with the old um, NSL, um, with the Socceroos, obviously, and um, and, and obviously you've, you still remain involved in the game. Where are we at um, as far as if, if, if you had to sort of be a teacher and, and, and you had your report card there, how would you rate Australian football at the moment compared to periods in the past? Are we in a healthy state? Are we in a, in a struggling state? Is the potential finally being no, realised? No, right? Yeah, look, honestly, I don't think we're in a struggling state. I think most people think that is because we don't get the exposure that we deserve. Mm-hmm. If you put some of these games on the TV, and I'm not, you know, if you put a, a few people on bums on seats and put it on Channel 10, mm-hmm. then people would watch it because the product, there is absolutely nothing wrong with it. I think the people's perception is, oh, well, there's not a full stadium, therefore it's crap. And we're quick to do that, aren't we? We gauge it on what we see, and what we see at the moment isn't quite right. But the product itself, boys, absolutely, I'm so happy. Very good. And just touching on that as well, Wadey, what are your thoughts on the new Paramount Plus Channel 10 deal that's seeing uh, the Socceroos, the Matildas, the FA Cup, the A-League, the W-League, all on one uh, platform? Yeah, congratulations to Football Australia for being able to do that. That's uh, It's a big thing. You know what? I was involved with Channel 7 many, many years ago uh, mm-hmm. with Bruce McAvenny on Sports World on a Sunday morning and they got the rights to the uh, the football and we were celebrating, yes, you know what, more people are going to see it. But I don't know what happened to the scheduling, but they put it on at 10 o'clock at night. It was on C7 Sport, which was their pay TV channel, and uh, that was going well as well, but not everybody could get it. So, look, I hope it's not a false dawn. I hope that whoever is putting this together puts the money in to make it work so that the game looks how it should be. You know, if we invested the amount of money, channel. Now, lady, um, in the intro before we got you on, um, we said, or I said, you're one of those players that you either loved or you hated. At the NSL level, you were, <laughs> you were, you were much maligned, but you were also much revered. Um, but once you got to um, uh, the, the captain Socceroo position, there was no player more inspirational than, than, than yourself. Um, now, in the intro, we had the, the um, interview that, that, that with yourself um, on socceroos.com.au about marking the man, the legend, Maradona. Um, mate, that must have been a thrill of a lifetime coming up against a player like that. But then um, having to really sort of um, realise, hang on, you're in a game, you're in a contest, you can't be starstruck, you can't be awed, overawed, you've got to get on with the job. How was it or how easy or how difficult was it to go from being a fan to being a competitor? Hmm. 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 
you go with him. Now, I thought that was a little bit too much, but uh, look, I, I got the picture. And I think it was because I was looking at those last two games that he played that, you know what, I don't know whether I can stop him, but at least I'm not afraid of the consequences if I can't. You know what I mean? Because I think people freeze. Like if I ask you to do a speaking gig, get stand up in front of uh, 50 people and talk, you freak out. And if you do it often enough, you don't. So I'd watch this thing often enough. I wasn't freaking out. I was nervous, but I wasn't afraid of the consequences. Steve. Very good. Um, Wadey, the other morning I happened to have ABC Grandstand on and just by random chance they played a full replay of the 2015 uh, Asian Cup final that you were on uh, special comments for on the call. What are your memories of, uh, of, of that magic night for Australian football and perhaps the legacy that we should have taken on from that? Yeah, you know what I admired about that? Uh, not just the players and how, you know, you, when you can see the goal that late in the game, you know, psychologically you were about five minutes from winning the thing and then all of a sudden you have to start all over again. I just admired the fact that Ange Postacoglu didn't change anything because he believed in what he was doing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I just think to myself, and he was under a lot of pressure by these so-called experts with their microphones. I mean, they're, they're commentators because they can't coach. That's the reason we're all commentators because we're no good. We don't really understand the game. And if we've got a problem, fix it. That's the truth. And to see Ange stand there and go, no, I don't care what you're all saying. I'm going to play three at the back and five or six in midfield. And I'm going to take a chance because if we score, if they score eight, we'll score nine. And I thought, now that is a very brave man who is so in touch with what he wants to deliver. And look what he's done now. Look what he's doing now. So, yeah, yeah, on the park, it was brilliant. But for me, when I saw him walk in a lap of the ground on his own, uh, taking in the applause, I thought, no truer moment has been delivered than the applause we give him. Now, I'm just on just on Ange there, and we'll touch on it very, very briefly. And you said there that he's he has his own demeanour and his own way of playing football, uh, Paul. Obviously, he's done very well in Australia. He's done very well in in uh, in in Asia, and now he's been given, a, 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 I suppose, a, a dream gig uh, managing uh, Glasgow Celtic in in Scotland. How do you think, given? Um, the way that he is and his demeanour, how do you think he's going to do at, at Scotland? At Celtic, yeah. Yeah. Honestly, uh, it's a tough one. If he's got, like, Eddie, again, I refer to Eddie Thompson. He said, you surround yourself with people you trust, people who have got your back so that there's nobody behind you with a knife. There are so many people in Scotland with knives who are just dying to, to stab him. I, I was listening to, it was on the internet, somebody from Radio 5 Live. Do you know that? Is that a, is yeah, that a yeah, program somewhere? Five, yeah, yeah. That's how much disrespect I've got for him because he's laughing and he's going, who is this? And he's popped got, got, oh, the no, blood. that was, yeah, that, uh, was, <laughs> that was Alan Brazil was, on Talks sport radio that was yeah 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 what an absolute disgrace and it's because of people like him that he's going to make the job very difficult for Ange and the players you know if if Ange can just deal with that 
or just remain confident enough that the players can actually deliver what he wants, then he'll do very well. Uh, but he's got to look out for that. I don't know whether Fleet Street live in uh, Scotland, but I remember I uh, we remember England beat us one nil, and we scored the goal for them. Ian Gray it came off the top of his head. Now after the game, I went to a press conference, and they're all asking everyone questions, and then the journalist in front of me said, "So, Paul, what did you think of England?" And I went, "You know what? I thought." They were uh, pretty ordinary today, and we were absolutely brilliant, even though we lost anyway. Little did I know that Fleet Street have gone, yes, we have got a headline. And it said, Rue Blast for Taylor Tour Flops. And then the other one, you know the 4Xs for 4X Beer? Yeah. Use that as a substitute for a four letter word. On the back page of the Daily Mail, it said, I don't give a. And then the four X's about England. And all I said was, geez, we were good, and I didn't think they were that good at all. Ruthless. You've got to be. So if Andrew's saying things at press conferences, he's got to be strong enough to say, you know what, they're journalists and they're just trying to sell newspapers. I'm a coach and I'm just trying to win football matches. If you keep thinking that, you'll be able to deal with the pressure. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Paul, a lot has been said um, now moving back to Australia about the National Second Division. And for someone who was involved in the previous um, NSL, you've obviously um, seen the uh, current A-League. What's your thoughts on it? Um, How realistic is it? Because everyone sort of says at the end of the day, it comes back down to to money um, and costs. Uh, What's your take on it? Can we see a realistically a National Second Division in the years to come? I think early early on, it's going to be very difficult to uh, nut out what constitutes you uh, being uh, having the facilities and the infrastructure to go up to the A-League. But I think it will sort itself out. I love the 11 principles that Football Australia mm. have put together. And one of them is to be accountable, to be competitive and to have consequences for not delivering on the park. I think this is perfect. You know, it's, it's clubs... Well, I was going to say the Central Coast Mariners, but they've rammed that down my throat, haven't they, <laughs> uh, with their performance this season. But yeah. you know, it's owners like that who don't invest in their club that will pay the price if they don't. I think it that can only be healthy um, to have, yeah, make the top six, but avoid relegation. The mm. drama that that creates uh, puts on everyone under pressure. If people are under pressure, they perform better most of the time very good now um paul what's uh what's a typical day like for yourself these days with regard to your involvement in football at the current stage of your life well i don't I, you know what? i've had a brain operation i've had part of my brain removed uh, the size of two max boxes i grew up having seizures all my life but i didn't know that's what they were and they got stronger and stronger as i got older and then uh, yeah, it's, it resulted in brain surgery, uh, three three operations, five months in hospital. And coming out the other side, you know, it makes me appreciate the fact that this game is there to be played for enjoyment. Uh, I, I couldn't, I don't know whether I can, I'm not clever enough to, uh, like Ange and Kevin Musket, to avoid the guys behind me going to stab me in the back, whoever that might be, players or officials or media. And I just think to myself, just enjoy life. I, I would rather spend two hours with kids 
having a great time, laughing, learning, just for the enjoyment, than I would having to put up with it crap with people who think that they're going to be socceroos and you know what I mean I just mm. think nah leave that to someone else I'm not going to be here for a long time I'm going to be here for a good one that's, hey. a, that's, a, that's great, a great that's a great, great answer <laughs> yeah yeah so um, obviously as Steve said there your day to day are you involved in any club are you involved as a as a um, uh, uh, someone who guides the young coaches, the young players. Do you do any uh, any any on field stuff like that, Paul? In your in your spare time? Yeah, I do. A, yeah, I do a little bit with a, only one club actually in the northwest of Sydney. Um, but yeah, it's only for one night, and it just keeps me active and out there. But you know, for the most of my uh, working life now. I do speaking gigs all over the country. I work with the Defence Force, Melbourne Business School. I do. Uh, I've even worked in juvenile justice centres, mm-hmm. uh, high school kids who are transitioning into the workforce or tertiary education. I use all my football stories and my health story, and I translate that into their lives. I've got all those football shirts that I've swapped from all over the world, and I use those as props. So I might be talking about dealing with stress with Mark and Maradona. I might be um, talking about being dropped and resilience when I got dropped against Canada in those two World Cup qualifiers, uh, which, you know what, it doesn't seem like much now, but at the time, it was the most devastating thing that ever happened to me. So how did I get through all of that? And then dealing with seizures all my life and hiding the problem. There's another thing that I used to, I never told mm. anyone because I didn't want to be embarrassed. Mm. So I can translate all those health and sports stories and just think about the people I'm talking to, put it in their language, and it just makes sense. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Absolutely. Is there a, uh, is there a, do you have a website or a Facebook page that uh, people can uh, contact you if they, uh, if they want to, uh, to, to, to get you to come and do some corporate speaking? Yeah, paulwade.com.au. Yeah, there is a Paul Wade who's a, I don't know what he is, he's a, a bodybuilder or a, um, I don't know what he is. But, no, that's not me. That is definitely not me. <laughs> don't order the wrong guy. Yeah. His, yeah, his, his uh, second touch was better than mine, that's for sure. I don't know uh, who he is, but... My set, my first touch was that bad. My second one was always a tackle. Uh, so, uh, so it's au. Is that the one? Life poor way to life skills. It. Yep. Yep. Okay. That's it. Yep. That up in our, uh, we'll pop that up on our comment section for, uh, oh, for listeners to. Uh, there we go. So yeah, Paul Wade life skills. Um, uh, some absolutely. Well, it says yeah, corporate and school speaker who delivers fun and relevant work ready motivational speaking programs. Mate, just listening to you here can tell that you're you're a man of passion. That and that continues from your football days and and obviously um, your life experiences. But uh, yeah, no, it's absolutely fantastic to see you and um, still being involved with football, with with the sport that that we all love. The Socceroos, the current crop of Socceroos, where do you, how how far can they go? Um, are they in a transitional phase? Are are there some players that have really taken off? Where do you see the current crop of Socceroos? Mm, that's interesting, isn't it? Because I yeah. often think. You know, assessing them, you know, what does winning look like for a start? 
You know, does uh, can we win the World Cup? No. Mm. We ever while I'm alive? No. Will we get to the second round? Yeah, with a bit of luck. Will we get to the World Cup? Yes, if they play the best they can all the time because we take nothing for granted anymore in Asia. But you know what? When I think about what does winning look like to get to the World Cup, uh, that is... That is probably, well, it's, it's getting tougher because we've done it four times in a row. And the more we do it, the more pressure there comes uh, along with the, the failure. But I look at the team now and I think individually, there's some very good footballers here. And I think with Graham Arnold's approach, he's, he's not the disciplinarian that Ange Postacoglu is. Uh, one thing Arnie was brilliant at, at the uh, when he was being a Socceroo was just creating an atmosphere of enjoyment. Mm. He just loved being around people and he made everyone feel relaxed. Mm. I mean, he does that now. You know, you can't change just because you become a coach. And, and it would be great to see. So if he can, if he can mould that really positive, love being in each other's company with that, go out there and express yourselves, boys. If you can beat two, beat them. Uh, I'm not going to put any restrictions on you. Um, I look at you know all of them: McGree, Christich, uh, Jackson, Irvine, Boyle, Mitch Duke, Netka. There's a very strong midfield there, just quietly. And at the back, Ryan, Vukovic, and Redmayne. There's some quality keepers there too. Uh, you know, if you're going to win the, the league, you do it like because you've uh, got very good goalkeepers, not conceding goals. And I think we've got three. Very good ones, right there. Definitely, Fantastic, definitely. Steve. Have you got any um, last questions for uh, our one guests? last one last question, uh, Wadey? Thanks again for your time tonight. Uh, we've got speaking of World Cups, we've got a pretty significant event happening in Australia in 2023. Do you think the Matildas and the Women's <laughs> World Cup happening in Australia can be the catalyst for us to really take the game into popular culture and the mainstream in Australia even more so? Yeah, absolutely. I remember Remember, we had the Olympics in 2000. Mm-hmm. Everybody was at Little Apps because it yeah. just captured everybody's imagination. And where I've been today in Forbes, the girls, there weren't as many teams as the boys, but there were more than you could ever imagine 20 years ago. So if these Matildas, and they are capable of getting to the semi-final and final, if they realise their potential, the, the magnitude of what they will done will be felt for decades. Uh, it is important that they actually entertain us as much as anything. We can we can handle being beaten as long as you've given us absolutely everything and you're just playing out of your skins with flair. Yeah, well, hopefully awesome. that's what happens when that uh, time comes around in 2023. Yeah, it's exciting times ahead. That's for sure. Craig, any last questions for our for no, our guest? For me, we'll um, we'll we'll let him go. He's been uh, fantastic sitting on the uh, lay-by on the way back from Forbes, uh, <laughs> waiting for us to get him on. So, uh, really appreciate the the time that you've uh, you've given us this uh, this evening, Paul. Um, really do appreciate him, yeah. and uh, we will certainly welcome. get you back on at uh, at some point. Absolutely, and, yeah. And this time, so we can see your pretty face yeah. as well. Um, not, not not just on not not just on audio. He's, he was going to say that yeah, he's got a great I, face for radio. Yes. <laughs> can I tell you a dad joke? Uh, oh, by all means, yeah. you can. Well, this show is for all. Oh, being entertained. Yeah. Yes. Go on. Uh, it'll make everyone smile as they uh, nod off. <laughs> right, somebody complimented me on my parking the other day. 
They put a little note on my windscreen. <laughs> it said, parking, fine. Parking, fine. <laughs> 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 on that note. <laughs> Thank you very much, Paul Wade. Not only is he your former Socceroo captain and inspirational footballer, he's a he's a motivational speaker and a jo dad joke comedian teller. I don't know what what, what were their last one. <laughs> Absolutely, Paul. Thank you, lady. Thank you very much for joining us. We look forward to uh, having you on again. And remember that website, folks, www.paulwade.com.au. Very easy to remember. Thank you very much, Paul. Thanks, See you guys. Bye. Good Thanks on you. very much. Paul yeah. Wade, former Socceroo captain. Jeez, it was good to have him. Gents, we've nearly come to the end of the show. We still have not done our love it and loathe it. I think it's time we do it. What do you reckon? Craig, you're the first one. I'll do it. Be very quick for mine then. My love it yeah. this week is football's back. Um, been thoroughly enjoyed getting out there this week and not only coaching but uh, commentating with Steve. Uh, my loathe it is the fact that we, uh, we aren't allowed uh, – we aren't allowed any spectators at games, which is uh, a bit of an eerie. Oh, well, oh, that was hectic all of a sudden. Yeah. It's we, gone we, now. Carry on, carry on. We, uh, <laughs> we, myself and Steve spoke about it yesterday, but, um, you know, it was very eerie yesterday in, uh, yeah. in the John Kane Memorial Stadium there with no supporters in. So, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's a little bit worrying that we're not allowed spec spectators in. You know, there's some big games going on in, in Victoria this week, you know, with the FFA Cup and uh, uh, none of the, uh, obviously, the Metropolitan, uh, Metropolitan teams are allowed to have sp spectators in, which is a, is a great shame for football. Yeah. Steve, uh, no, I totally agree with you there, mate. Absolutely. Steve, you're love it and loathe it for the week. Yeah, just quickly again, I'll just rush through this one because I think the sting's been taken out of these uh, subjects now. But uh, my like, oh, my love, sorry, is uh, this week the news about 10 and Paramount Plus. Not only we already knew they had the A-League and the W-League, but to combine that on the same platform rather than going rogue and splitting it between that and Stan Sport or some other thing you would have to subscribe to, it's all in one place there. You've got your Socceroos, Matildas, and the FFA Cup. So teams, yeah, these local teams that we uh, talk about on our Football Out West show from the western suburbs and Geelong and the regional west could be on Channel 10 TV potentially playing FFA Cup ties. And that's something that we should be very excited about and be celebrating because I think that's great news to uh, you know what, into Steve? the mainstream, isn't it? And we, yeah, even yeah. just quickly as well, we're even going to see uh, Archie Thompson on Channel 10's um, Celebrity MasterChef. So the cross-promotion oh. is well underway. Yeah, I haven't watched Channel 10, I reckon, for a good two years. I may re renege on my little um, self-imposed exile of Channel 10. I might just because of that. Well done, Channel 10. Yeah, and, and also it, it means um it means also a three hundred million dollar investment all up, yeah. uh, two hundred yeah. plus one hundred over two separate deals. So the investment is there too. So good news. And um, there's also loathe... sorry, I was going to say, and I was going to say, there's also talk that there's going to be a further one hundred uh, US million investment through one of the Paramount connections or or. or Watch you not subsidiaries or something like that, where they're actually going to invest in the. I mean, they've already taken a stake in the A League Channel Ten through their um, company Paramount, but there's also talk of further investment. So, look, any investment in football can only be a, a good thing. I say. Yeah, that's right, and we've also seen Optus Sport uh, nailing the the Euros and and the Copa yeah. at the moment, getting so many good football people on. That their roster is enormous. Oh, um, brilliant! It's it's more than the twenty six man squads that the the uh, nations have named it the Euros <laughs> as opposed to the 23. Uh, it's fantastic. But, um, yeah, if Paramount Plus and, and 10 can, you know, mirror anything um, almost, you know, half as good as that, they'll be doing very well. Yeah. And the loathe it, Steve. 
yeah, this one, um, not a Melbourne City fan, but I was still pretty riled up by this because I still still bear the grudges of that sort of Sydney-centric feel of the A-League since the very first season of it when Sydney won the premiership in the first season there. And the decision to uh, shift it up to uh, that semi-final. Just getting some feedback. That's gone. Um, Shift that game to Jubilee last week. It was pretty disappointing. And, uh, you know, there wasn't a lot of transparency to explain why they chose to do that decision ahead of going to regional Victoria. Fortunately, um, Greg O'Rourke did come on to uh, Fox Sports post-match tonight after the semi and just let me uh, simmer down a little bit from being so furious about it all. <laughs> yeah. And last but not least, yours sincerely, um, my love it moment for the week, um, the live streams. Having them back are oh, absolutely fantastic. I tuned in, Steve, to uh, to the one that you and Craig co-host, co-commentated yesterday between Northcote City and North Geelong Warriors. Um, I've tuned into a few other um Games as well, the Knights one as well last night, Hume City. I was involved in a commentary today for a Geelong Galaxy United as well. So it's great to have the live streams. Um, the, um, the, 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 the technology these days is absolutely incredible to allow these kind of things to happen. Yet we still have technological issues like we've been having today. And um, actually, speaking of technological issues, Craig has just stepped off and uh, he'll be joining us back very, very quickly. Uh, the loathe at moment, ah, oh, those bloody English fans, fair income. All they do is boo, boo at the um, Croatian anthem. They booed at the Scottish anthem. That's disrespectful. And, and certainly this is not an indictment on the, um, ac- uh, the English team itself. Um, but the English FA needs to do something. They need to come out and say, you know, publicly that what their own fans are doing is once again bringing their own uh, nation into um, to, very shameful and apparently two weeks ago um, when England played I think it was Romania in a friendly as well the English uh, the English fans booed the English team as well so I mean they're, they're just a you know collectively a bunch of and this yeah. is not aimed at the English nation this is not aimed at the English football um, footballers per se um, and I've been to England a couple of years ago and the actual people are very very nice people, and, and the more rural you go, even nicer they are. But um, I don't know if Craig will probably disagree with me. Yeah, being a well full of English, mate. That's the problem. Yeah. <laughs> but um, for, as far as the football side of things, it's 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 pretty. Yeah, you know. Anyway, let let's not go too far into the negatives, and let's not bring politics into the show. But Craig, we've got a news breaker that's run through. Have we not? Well, we 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 think so. We've got uh, Brendan Ray, who's uh, who's the Ray man. Got some uh, exciting news to share with us all. Uh, Brenton, good evening. Good evening, Craig, Steve, and Ponty. How are good you? evening, Brenton. Brenton. How are you, Rayman? Great to have you on board. Very well, thank you. Great to yep. hear your voice, mate. Now, mate, you've got some gr- late breaking news, as you usually do. And uh, this is so important that you wouldn't put it in the comment section, but you'd let us know um, live. So, mate, over to you. The microphone is yours. The MPL Victoria top flight. Rescheduled games will be as follows. 14, Friday, August 13th, and Saturday, August 14th. Round 15, Friday, September 3rd, Saturday, September 4th, and Sunday, September 5th. Round 16 will be the final day of the season on Sunday, September 12th, 3 p.m. There you go. MPL 2 Victoria. Round 10, Friday, April 13th, 
Saturday, August 14th, Sunday, August 15th. Round 11, the final day of the season, will be on Sunday, Saturday, September 11th. MPL 3 Victoria, round 10, Saturday, August 14th, and Sunday, August 15th. Round 11, which will be the final day of the season, on Saturday, September 11th. The men's state league, as far as I know at this stage, is to be announced by Football Victoria in due course by its competition team. Brilliant. There we go. There's shades of the Brownlow medal count there, I felt, with that one, Brenton. It was very good. <laughs> yeah, it was very, and, very dramatic. Also, Sorry, carry on. We just announced, just announced from the Premier League for the opening weekend on Friday. Which what was, was the opening weekend TV selections for the Premier League and also for August. Fantastic. They're on the website, on the EPL website, are they? Correct. Perfect. And it's on the website, all the details there. Good on you, mate. Uh, how, are things, how are things down at Hoppers Crossing? You must be overjoyed that football is back. I was disappointed, not there Wednesday for the press, obviously, due to the ridiculous and utter disgusting... No swearing, no swearing, Brenton, no swearing. <laughs> we can't do that two weeks in a row. <laughs> well, hopefully you're back there next week, Brenton. The pathetic, incompetent Victorian government. I say Brenton Ray for Premier of Victoria. And at least I got on the post game at William Friday night and he gave quite a bit of thought about the game and so did the Westgate defender, Rob Pagnuslo, who saw me on HCSC TV from the post game rap. Yeah, we saw that as well. It was fantastic, mate. And uh, yeah, I think uh, all the uh, most of the listeners that uh, listening to the show will see your uh, your HSTV um, podcast that you put out every week. You're doing a great job, mate. Keep it up. Absolutely. And thanks, thanks for giving us all the uh, also, all the insights. A couple, also, a couple of big shouts to people who I know. Go for it. Go for your life. Santel Grimer, Avenel SC fan, who's tuning in right as we speak. Daniel Wilson. Kelly Luskin, Liam Swift, and Matt Swift, and Ed and Kate Balakart are all tuning in on the show tonight. Fantastic. There you go. There you go. You are our own uh, personal hype man, mate. You've brought the crowd along with you. Fantastic stuff. Thank you very much. Uh, we don't worry about oh. Can't forget Santino. Cannot forget Santino. He's always in the forefront of ah, our minds, Santino. Yeah. All right, Brenton, thank you very much for joining us tonight on the Football Out West show. We look forward to having um, hearing more of the um, breaking news from the Rayman throughout the season. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, Brenton. Thank you, Brenton. Good on you, mate. Thank Good you. on you, mate. All the best. Okay. What, Gents, a, what a tough book. Yeah. Well, well, it must well, be time to sign off. It, it, it brings us to the end of our show. It has been a very eventful one, a, a long one as well. But um, uh, Nick Stoll was great, very informative. We had Paul Wade. Uh, his jokes weren't as good as what his uh, stories were, but nonetheless, <laughs> had Steve laughing. That was a good one, huh? <laughs> Parking, fine. Um, yeah, gents, all the very best for the week ahead, and we look forward to finally having crowds back at next week's games, if all goes well. Yeah, and we'll be back on the uh, on the run of uh, talking about all the uh, the uh, the games, the weekends, games, the results, and, and upcoming fixtures. So uh, yeah, look forward to catching you all next week. Thank you very much for that. Thanks, Steve. Thanks, Craig.
Cheers, Thanks, boys. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. A big shout-out to our sponsors tonight, the Caroline Springs George Cross Football Club. They are the major sponsor of the Football Out West show and also our episode sponsor, Macron Victoria, thanking them very, very much for all of their support and thanking you all for all your support. Good night and thank you for being with us.